0: Welcome to Don't Just Learn Create, business building for Mavericks. I'm Anke Herman and I'm your host. Today's episode is a little bit different. It's a conversation between me and Jane Segalevich, founder of Scale Your Genius. And we're talking about how you can package your expertise into a profitable online course. So if you've had a course on the horizon then this episode is for you enjoy fabulous welcome welcome jane i'm really excited to have you here it's and i'm very excited that so many people have popped in live and then i know that there will be a few who actually also watch the facebook live and i probably will do it really lousy job monitoring the the comments while we're talking but so yeah we are going to be talking about how to package your expertise into a profitable online course because that's the area of expertise of the lovely Jane Segalovich. I hope I didn't butcher your last name <laughs>
1: <laughs> nope, that was perfect. And I'm so excited to be here. I have to say, you know, you, you posted this on LinkedIn and on Facebook, and I've never seen such like a fun, engaged group of people respond. So I'm so, so, so excited about this.
0: Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. And yeah, I, I just saw Kim's comment. So he actually knew you. It's such a small word. I just love it. So I'm really, really excited to to have you here because I know that, well, especially with the way things are and everybody does more work online and... There's also a lot of, you know, coaches and, you know, and therapists in, in my community and that idea of, yeah, packaging that expertise up so that it isn't just that, you know, repeating the same kind of thing one-on-one all the time is on a lot of people's minds, but people have a lot of questions. And uh, so I'm really, really delighted to, to have you here. And uh, so, yeah, I would love to start with giving you a couple of minutes to introduce yourself, to let us know, you know, obviously you already said before, I don't know whether we recorded, whether, you know, where are you based and, you know, how did you come to be the founder
1: of Scale Your Genius? Love that title. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jane. I think y'all know that. I am in Denver, Colorado, USA, where we were just chatting before we went live. We just had our first snowstorm of the season, which is about... A month too early, and it was a hundred Fahrenheit the day before. So it's been, it's been a little crazy. But I'm, I'm glad that the heat waves are over at least for now because they were getting, getting a little out of control. But yeah, I founded Scalier Genius about three years ago, and specifically to help highly skilled experts package their expertise into an online course. Before that, I started my career. I spent 18 years in corporate working in strategy and finance and in the investment world. And I hit that point. I don't know if, if if a lot of the people watching have done the corporate to self-employed transition, but you know what happened was yeah, what happened for me was the stability and comfort were nice, but I had a really strong drive for impact. And that was just something that, you know, I kind of kept changing corporate jobs, thinking it's somewhere out there. And then I realized that that's just not what exists there. So jump ship to leave the comforts and the paycheck and all those things that are amazing to be able to create an impact. And more importantly for me, to see that impact on the business owners, like in their eyes, on their face, just to see how much their lives are changing. And so I chose to, this is now six years ago, started consulting firm specifically helping small business owners improve their businesses. So I did that for four years. And then the last three focusing specifically on online programs, because I really saw, I saw the differential between, if you look at my website, I talk about on a mission to get rid of crappy online courses. <laughs> and I just really saw, you know, the difference between the crappy ones and the really amazing ones and that it actually doesn't take more time energy or money to create a really good one it just takes understanding the process and the intentionality of it and so i was just so inspired to help highly skilled experts bring their wisdom into the world in a bigger way and really build a business of their dreams because i know you know you mentioned therapists dietitians other coaches consultants it could be really hard to really create that dream life in business without working too much. I know, you know, so many times our time and money and impact are tied together and being able to unravel it so we can serve more people and make more money without working more is I find it to be so important to be able to keep doing it and not get burned out and, you know, not sit here dreaming of retirement and really enjoy the day to day. So that, that's, that's the long version of how I got here.
0: That's wonderful. And, and uh, yeah, I think most people on the call and, and watching can relate to that. It's, and I I, re- I was just like, Oh, God, yeah, you know, I, my first jump from the corporate world was to start my sewing business. And I did exactly that. I really, you know, didn't like there was, I didn't find or didn't look for whatever, find a way to scale that business in a way that I could maintain it without running like a crazy monkey on the hamster wheel, right? So <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely learned that one the hard way. Now, you've also given me the the hook into like the kind of critical question that I wanted to ask. And so you've already, uh, you made this really easy for me. So what what I wanted to ask you what so what differentiates because we I think we all have bought online courses and some of them I mean at least I've done both I've bought them and never looked at them again and I've bought them and went through every single piece of content there religiously and and anything in between so the question is what differentiates a crappy one from a great one
1: Mm, yeah so the short answer is a lot of little points along the way so, so so there's a lot to it i'll touch specifically on you know what you mentioned as the difference between not finishing and finishing a course between starting it and, and, and falling out versus starting it and doing every single thing and continuing because that's definitely one aspect of crappy versus not crappy. And the answer is actually pretty simple. And it all for me uh, is all about the onboarding process of the course. So what is that first touch point you have with a person who's about to take your course and you set out the expectation and you reiterate that why? So in your marketing process, in your sales process, you probably already, you know, you, you did the, you know, I don't know if convincing is the right word, but you did the inspiring and, kind of the messaging around why buying this course is so important. And so now they did, but it's time to really go even deeper. So now they're on board. Now they're like, okay, I think I want this. But it's a good time to like really dig even deeper why it's so important for them to now take the time because they've invested the money and that's part of it. But our time, you know, we're we're all here because we want to be more efficient. So we know the value of our time. And so now we're asking them to invest their time. So it's time to go back to that inspiration again, saying, okay, now you invested money. Why should you invest the time? So I find going back to the inspiration and then really making it super, super clear what the experience is about to be like for them. Mm. So they know what every step is going to entail, how to approach it best, how much time it's going to take and what they can expect along the way. Because I find that when our brains know what's about to happen, it's much easier to take those steps forward. So some of the crappy courses will be not very well structured. So you're like, okay, I'm, I just learned this. And now I learned this other thing, but what am I supposed to do with it? How does it all connect? How do I apply it? So it's creating that really intuitive and logical step-by-step model and really communicating that that's what they're about to do is super, super helpful to help them go through. And then final piece on this particular question is, you know, I mentioned how much I love seeing like in my clients' eyes and on their faces that the, the impact and the value. And so one thing that people are doing is putting out those fully uh, autonomous online courses where there is no interaction with the creator. And it's fine as a, as a business model. It's out there. It's okay. I'm not going to say it's bad. But if you're able to provide some sort of personal, whether one-on-one or group, guidance and support that really, really helps them. You know, If they do get stuck at some point in the process, what do they do? If there's not an option for them, that course is going on the shelf. So yeah. being able to support them along the way, I find super valuable. It doesn't create something 100% passive income, 100% scalable, but I find that it's totally worth it to make it a little less scalable.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And actually, it is very much in line with what people responded, I don't know, a few months ago uh, on LinkedIn. I don't know, can't remember even how the topic came up. But I asked, you know, like, have you ever taken a course that you did or didn't finish? And what made the difference? And there were like loads of responses. And it really all came down to, well, if there's no personal interaction, I'm probably going to drop off, right? (laughs)
1: It doesn't take a lot to you know we don't like blocks in movements right so if you're taking a course and you're moving forward and you come and you come across a roadblock and there's nothing you know you can google the answer like if there's not an easy way to bust through that block that roadblock it's yeah you know especially for the lower priced courses there's not a lot of incentive to keep going
0: yeah yeah now following, I mean, you really focused in on the actual experience when they're taking the course. So now what about that same question, crappy versus great, when it comes to designing and selling like before they, is there a sort of a differentiate or what's the differentiation before they buy? Mm,
1: Will you rephrase that maybe just so I understand? Well, see, see,
0: your starting point was, okay, now they've bought the course, mm. right? And now we want to make sure they don't drop off, right? So I'm now curious whether there are concrete or like thing, tips or things to keep in mind to design and position, describe what you're offering in a way that people will actually be interested in buying it to start with.
1: Mm. Yeah, and you know the first thing I'm going to say is make it super, super congruent. I think you know I know I've bought courses where the description didn't really match what oh, I got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't a hundred percent answer what, you know what you just asked, but that's really what came to Important mind for point, me bro. is when you're mm-hmm. working on the marketing is like don't you know don't, don't don't oversell it, don't sugarcoat it, and so one thing we do. So I take my clients through the Thriving Online Program Blueprints, which is a 90-day program, and we design our marketing messaging and our course at the same time. So, so all, all the words are kind of the same. Everything yeah. stays congruent. And when somebody reads the marketing messaging and they say, yes, this course is for me, and then they buy the course, it's the same thing. It's like yes. it's exactly what they expected. You know what else in marketing? it really, you know, for me, it really just come, keeps coming back to this authenticity. I'm not a huge fan of launches and time scarcity and things mm. that aren't necessarily overly, you know, if, if it's real, it's real. But I know a lot of times we put kind of, or people put that fake urgency on things just so people would buy. For me, I am more of the belief that I really want to be able to serve people when they need me. And I don't want to force them on my schedule so that I can make more money this month. I would love to support people whenever. And so I don't close. Every once in a while, I'll have a specific group program where the doors will close. But my core program is available for enrollment all the time. Because if you decide to, you want to create, you start creating your course tomorrow, I want to make sure that I'm there. And that's part of what I teach my clients too, is you know, if you, have to, if you have a group program, you have to close the door, cool. But consider, you know, do you want to be available for them when it's their time? So that's something in marketing that I find to be really important and goes a little bit against kind of mainstream course marketing knowledge. Oh,
0: oh okay. It goes 100%, like 180 degrees on the other way. Now, the question is how do you – is there anything you kind of do in – like if you don't use the kind of, okay, those close urgency, because I've got courses that are on like, that are evergreen and they're sitting there, but it's like un- until I kind of bring that to people's attention, it's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll sign up for that one day. Right. So it's that, that, yeah, you know, it's, I kind of know it's there, but yeah, tomorrow, maybe the next month. And then they get distracted. And also, I mean, mine, in, in that particular case, they're, they're sort of hobby kind of things, you know, So it's, it's not business building where I think there's perhaps a more natural urgency there. But
1: I don't know. There can be. Yeah, you know, it's... To that, I would say, you know, so I'm constantly marketing my program. So if you look at my social media, my emails, there's always calls to action. I'm always putting out free resources, webinars, things like that, just to get those people at the right time. I would say, you know, if you want to incentivize people to do it now, I do love uh, bonuses that have timeliness Uh, to them. So the doors aren't closing, but hey, enroll with me by September 15th. And you can get an extra strategy call with me, or you can get Mm. something of value. So that's something that works because it's not, it's not fake. Nothing is closing. It's like, Hey, I really, you know, I want to enroll five extra people this month. The first five that want to enroll, get this awesome free bonus. That's not going to be available next month. That's clever. (laughs) I love that. So things like that, that are still super, like I'll still be around next or price. You know, I raise my prices all the time too. So it's like, Hey, quarter's coming up. I'm going to raise my prices. If you want to come in the current price, come in today.
0: Yes. Oh, that's great. They're, they're fantastic tips. Yeah, it makes sense. So when it comes to, like, so, okay, I have an idea for a program, right? So, and I do. <laughs> so now the question is like, well, what I've done with my sewing related courses, it was always I've sold them first right? Cause I do not want to kind of spend the time recording videos and <laughs> making a whole damn dress when, if nobody wants to watch it. Right. So that's, that's one question. Are you, do you agree with that? Would you say it's better to sell first or do you say, well, okay, I have to have kind of my structures or my module module. At what point do you start selling
1: people? Excellent. Excellent question. So I separate the need and the demand into two separate components. So when I say I work with highly skilled experts, they're ones who already deliver their services. So they know there's a demand to have the problem that they help their clients solve to be solved. Now that they're solving it in a different way, but we know that there are people who pay money for their Mm -hmm. services. So for them, I don't find validation in its true sense of the word very important Mm -hmm. because we know people pay for the problem. If somebody's creating something completely new to them, I have one client with whom I'm actually not even taking her money until we do a little bit of validation because the con it's it's one of those concepts that sounds really good. And neither one of us feels strongly enough that there's a demand for it to really go forward. So I gave her an exercise to do some validation before I'll even take her down any part of the process. Yeah. That's unique. And that is some it's 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 just a super new concept that. I'm not comfortable, you know, taking our money until we validate. For everyone who we know there's a market for, we don't create the whole course. Actually, I'll I'll rephrase that. I give them the option. So what we do is we create a launch day strategy. Mm -hmm. And so launch day is the day, you know, your cart opens, you're ready to take clients in. Mm -hmm. And... That people have different you know there's some people who want the whole thing done they're going to be able to sell it with more confidence they're going to be able to feel better that once they get their clients in all they have to do is serve those clients and then they're not trying to serve and create at the same time mm-hmm. the other group i say the minimum you want to have done is your onboarding module your module 1 and an outline for the rest of the course, including where all the information is coming from. So it doesn't have to be recorded. It doesn't have to be written. It doesn't have to be placed in your platform, but you want to be pretty clear how you will fill out the rest. Because again, once you start serving clients and you're dealing with maybe some tech issues and all these things and you're creating your course, that could just be a lot for people. So, you know, really Understand your own brain and your work style and your time available to know what that's going to be like.
0: I'm good. that's that's fantastic. I'm giggling because I'm thinking back of just my first one. I literally sold it off. Like I, I I sold it off an email. It was like, hey, I want to do you know I'm I'm thinking of doing a course to how to sew a whatever you know costume. These are the modules you wanted and. Boom, 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 and I basically—I th- I think I sold ten or something. You know, I'm like, okay, that's enough for me to do th- to do it. But then it was like, I prom—I said to so, say, okay, we roll them out weekly. And then there were moments where it's like, oh shit, 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 I have to get this module out, <laughs> yeah. and I have to get it recorded. And so yeah, it's it's it's, yeah, everything has its, you know advantages and
1: disadvantages. It does, it does. And, you know, and I always say, like, look at, you know, look at your schedule. Is your, you know, are you homeschooling your kids these days? Like what's going on in your life to where are you going to be able to create it in in, in that way? And so I just want to hop back to validating really quick. And we start working on messaging in week two because, so we know there's a need for the service. If you're an mm-hmm. expert, somebody has been paying for your one-on-one services, we know people are willing to pay for it. Where the disconnect could be is in the messaging. So in week two, we really start working on that marketing messaging, including having you talk to your dream client avatars to really understand how they think about the problem, how they talk about it, and how they, you know, how they think about the way you're going to be delivering it in a different way. And so you do get a lot of, and it's not a yes or no. At that point, it's not a yes or no. It's just really being able to capture Mm-hmm. their language to use in your messaging so that it really resonates with the right people. Yeah. So yeah, that, that does makes, start very early. That
0: makes perfect sense. Now, another thing I'd love you to touch on is something that I noticed when I recently did some mentoring with, for Thinkific, right? It's like, well, anybody who doesn't know Thinkific, it's a, it's an online course platform and the people, there was often that idea that, oh, I need to make this course really valuable. And they shoved so much content in there, right? So, and I'm thinking, "Hmm, I'm not sure whether you're doing yourself a favor. I always get the sense that, especially these days with information, so much information freely available, the value of the course isn't in the amount of information. It's actually in filtering out and really condensing it to, you know. So, what's your take on how... Big in terms of content and online course should be.
1: Yes, this is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite questions because there's still, especially we for people who are coming. That one, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> especially for people who are coming from an hourly charging model. There is our brains will have a tie between kind of amount of work and amount of time to money, and like you said, the relationship is actually inverse, meaning. Because your client's time is valuable, the less of their time you can take, quicker you can get them to results, the more value there is to them. Mm-hmm. So, less, 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 less. Like I always say, what is the critical path to results? And you can add some optional things if you feel like they'd be valuable in there, but what is the critical path to results? And when I say critical path, it's all about action. So again, information is free. Your clients can go on Google. They can go on YouTube and they f- can find all the information. You know, what's right, you know, what's the good information is, you know, still a little, a little, a little gray, but it's out there. Mm-hmm. And so we create a path of action. So if this is the result you want them to take, to have as a result of you taking your course, this is where they are today. What are the action steps they need to take? What is the minimum amount of information you need to give them Mm -hmm. to enable them to take those steps? That's the information. As experts, we think they need to know what we know, and that's (laughs) false. They need to know the why, why this is important. Like I said in the beginning in the onboarding process, they need to be inspired to take the action you want them to take. So the why is important and just enough of the how to enable them to do it. Mm. So the yeah. shorter, the better. I always see these questions online as like, okay, I have a six-week course. How much am I going to charge for it? Or I have an eight-week course. Like, it doesn't, it, it's not about the time. It's about the results and being able to get there in the most efficient way possible.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you say that because I think it's a, it's a trap that's easy to fall into, you know, to think, well, oh, I can't charge. And I think because it also, also related to charging, isn't it? You know, way when you think, Well, I wanna charge whatever and so I can't just pop their five videos, right? (laughs)
1: You know, so Yeah. And the other thing that comes up here is like, you know, and and we want, I think the other reason we want to give all this is like, you look at some of these sales pages that are like a mile long and it's like, and you get this and you get this and you get this. And then they start listing these bonuses that are like, you know, where, where if y'all have seen where the, you know, it's valued at just to get this like crazy high, you know, valued at $20,000, but you can get it all for $97 today. Like, you know, we, Mm -hmm. we all see the bullshit in that. And so it's, it's that overstuffing, right? And it's like now they're giving more and more and these bonuses so they can fake, kind of fake stuff that value number that is still fake. It just, you know, are you going to get a few more sales? Maybe. Are those going to be your dream clients? No. No, I don't, I don't think so. And
0: actually, it's, it's, it's something that Ramit Sethi does really well. He's, he's got a very simple, like, module structure, very logical, you know. And then every time there's relatively pretty short video, you know, there's maybe some, you know, related content. And then there's always, well, if you want to dive deeper here, he's got what he's called the resource vault.
1: Mm-hmm. And there
0: he's got, oh, like you can geek out there, you know, until the till you go blue in the face. So that he actually does give a lot of information for those who want it, but he is very, very precise in keeping that structure clean and, and not overwhelming. So that, that, yeah, absolutely. So
1: important. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that model of giving more if they want it and also cautioning them, you know, don't like, I I think, you know, really depends on my topic. So, so with the online course creation, it's like you, you start doing it and you're so, 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 so excited. And then you start working in that, excite, you know, with anything new, right? That excitement kind of fades. And so I always caution people when they're down at this point where they're not as excited to not go down rabbit information rabbit holes. Because, you know, it's like, oh, but I'm doing stuff and I'm learning. And it's like, no, no, no. You're supposed to be continuing on this path, but it's uncomfortable here. Maybe this is where the sales process starts, whatever for them is. It feels safe to dive into those rabbit holes. And so that's oh, yeah. part of it too, is like don't go there unless you know you really need it.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. We we, we you already touched on the experience, but there, we had like Anya ask a really interesting question. And that was for people who have been doing on like in-person workshops and events, right? So now what are some tips to create an an experience online that is kind of impactful so are there and i remember danny was danny who talked about it when he had his life event and in three weeks he had to kind of bring it all Mm. online and there was like oh actually you know in the room we do talk to your neighbor exercises so how do i and anya had some really interesting examples there where where people actually sit on chairs in front of each other right or they sit on a chair and then there's like a, an empty chair in front of them so they kind of role play talking to this imaginary mm-hmm. person you know so where sometimes it's you can say oh yeah you could use breakout rooms sometimes there is sort of something that jumps to mind but are there any tips or resources for getting i mean obviously you have to get creative and to think about what it is you're actually trying to achieve with whatever exercise and then find a way. But is there anything that, you know, any tips you can give for for cases like that?
1: Yeah, you know, it's hard. It's funny. I was just in a virtual workshop uh, last weekend where we did an empty chair exercise. That's uh, funny you say that. And she just, because the other chair is empty, it, w- it was easy, <laughs> easier to do because we didn't need another person. Yeah, it, it's it's really, it's understanding the completely different environment your audience is in. You know, we would love for them to all sit here engaged, video on, but we also know the reality of them being at home. And especially if it's on a weekend or if it's families with kids at school now, they're probably going to be interrupted. So it's allowing, allowing some grace for the experience. Just really, you know, some tips would be 45 minutes sessions breaks every 45 minutes. We cannot have attention span much longer than that, and that allows people to attend to their kids, do, you know, whatever people do at home. And again, I, I come back to expectations, letting them know exactly what's going to happen. So, you know, from 10 a.m. to 10.45, this is, you know, you will be with us. Please be present. Please have your camera on. Then you'll have a 15-minute break, so just know you'll have that time. Um, I love physical mailings. So I love it if, mm-hmm. if they can mail something. So there's, you know, whether it's a workbook or I was in a virtual workshop where they just sent a box of snacks and it was just the, you know, just a, like, I think we're so disconnected from physical things these days. It just mm-hmm. felt so good to get something in the mail, you know, was a handwritten note and some snacks. And it was just, it really felt good. Absolutely. Breakout rooms are important and powerful. We did... It was Christine Schlonsky. I think you know Christine. Mm -hmm. She did, I I think the the software was called Remy or something where instead of like Zoom breakout rooms, it was actually like little virtual tables and you can see who's at the table and you can like click on an empty chair if there's an empty chair. So it was a really cool Anya, way for that kind exactly of networking.
0: The, oh, there you go, Anya. Because that was, Anya asked about that as well. How can I go, kind of go drop in to one, from one group to another without yeah. ah,
1: There you go. It was a really cool, like, it was like as close to live, to walking around a live room as mm-hmm. you can get. And maybe that's your lunch break where like, hey, go have lunch, you know, pick a table and go have lunch. I think Remy, but check with Christine if that's yes. not. Yeah, I'll, I'll,
0: that's I'll, not I'll, have, I'll check with her. And yeah and so that a was daycare. a cool
1: yeah and yeah. that was a cool experience I thought because it does like as much live as you can get you know med like I love it depends on your topic of course but like a little bit of breath work a little bit of movement mm-hmm. a little bit of you know meditation whatever it is just to break up yeah. sitting and staring at a screen
0: oh that's so true that's so true and I mean I guess it comes down to sort of somehow finding a way to bridge to connect that physical offline and, and the online world. Yeah. And, and get creative. I find, I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, as a tech monster whisperer. I'm going to have to ask you, do you have a favorite learning platform? And is there a favorite sort of delivery mechanism in a sense that you say, well, if we're not talking, if we're not talking sort of a live interaction, say, there's Karina I'm gonna stop your video <laughs> if, if I'm, I'm just thinking sort of interactive videos does that make a difference yes yes, and yes. when um, there's like it's instead of like sending them pdfs to download you know have videos or then now you where you can have interactive videos where they can click on things and so I think you know I would almost imagine the more I can do rather than just passively consuming
1: yeah. So my favorite learning platform is LearnWorlds, and actually, for people who are watching live, they're having their summit starting next Monday. And when it's over, I'll pop the link in yes, there. Yes,
0: please, because I've so I, I signed up for it, and I, I was thinking oh, of yay. popping that okay. in the in the link because Jane's talking there. So- yeah,
1: I'm talking and there. I mean, just, I, I, I'm, I'm super honored to be talking to this. It's uh, Guy Kawasaki, it's Neil Patel. It's just some really, really brilliant minds in this space. And so LearnWorlds does interactive video, and I'm glad you asked about this, better than anyone. And they do a ton of research around it. Mm-hmm. And they're saying the engagement when there are interactive features in the video is just through the roof. Mm-hmm. And what this means is you can put little quizzes in your video. So, so, so they're not just watching, they can't walk away. They have to watch and then actually like answer questions to move forward. Mm. So I love those features. I also find it very important to present information in different modalities, in video, audio and text. So for I am for me personally, I audits like if you just talk at me in one ear out the other, I will not yeah. catch it. <laughs> I will not catch your name, I will not catch what you tell me. I need I need I need I'm not the only one. I need name tags. <laughs> So I love Zoom. I got everyone's names right up here. (laughs) And so for me, if it's just audio, I'm not gonna get anything out of it. So, you know, is it video with PowerPoint? I do text transcripts of anything that's audio or video because I wanna make sure that people can find it. Another reason, like think of that your experience watching a video, and let's say you wanna come back to a certain point. To like, oh, I, what was that concept again? Now you're scrolling through the whole video, and there's no like you have no idea where it is in text. It's yeah. so easy to find, and I love the combination of text. So I'll do text and then I'll do audio or video where I'll go, I'll, I'll just go deeper into concepts, I'll go on you know my little soap boxes and you know give more examples and things like that. So I say, listen to the audio and read, do both. To really, especially the more complex, complicated concepts. For uh, worksheet guidance, I like to give them text and audio. So my instructions there are read the text so you know what's about to happen, grab your worksheet, and then play the audio and follow along. And the audio, I say, okay, question number one, do Mm. this. Okay, press pause and answer the question. So then they don't have to look, you know, if they're looking at the worksheet, they don't have to look at another thing. They can just listen. That's brilliant. Ooh, <laughs> this is a live blog. Like I honestly have an online
0: course on my mind. So it's like, I'm uh, just, uh, sponging all this up.
1: Yeah. I'm giving so. you like all my best tips that are all just in my paid course. Seriously. This cannot, this recording cannot go out.
0: <laughs> well, we can hide it and we can, <laughs> That's okay. you're going to have to kill us afterwards.
1: I want every, you know what? I want everyone making a course, whether it's, you know, paying me or not so I just think I, I just my love for this business model runs deep
0: and, and and it comes across like I just love that that you know how he's passionate about yeah it's fantastic well thank you so much I think you know we're with, with sort of 22 I'd love to open it up if somebody if people want to come on you know I'm going to turn off the recording now and then if people want to pop pop up and ask something and uh, you know have some comments, then I would love to give them the chance to do that.
1: And, and Birdie put something really important in the comments. Remember inclusivity too. I, I am in no way going to pretend to be an expert, but I know just things like subtitles for video, the different modalities are for, for, for sensitive to hearing impaired visual. So that's, yeah, that's where the different modalities are really important too.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. Thank you. Well, well, thank you so much. That was super interesting. I was like, I'm just sort of sponge, sponge, sponge. <laughs> it's like, oh, thank you. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you've got Tech Monster to tame, go to tamingthetechmonster.com to get your copy of the Taming the Tech Monster book and join the free community and resource world. Speak to you again soon.